Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome. Welcome. We're so glad that you're on here with us. I have the privilege of hosting Heather Clayton from Wales, correct? I don't even know yeah. where in Wales. Just yeah, give us a snippet. Give us a snippet. Yeah, yeah just from North Wales. Um, Wales is all one part, but the, the northern part of Wales. Uh, yeah, just delighted to be on. I'm uh, obviously... Been, been on broadcast, Invictus broadcast, but but just delighted to be on Unedited Live today and to talk with you, Angie. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this moment. I asked Heather a couple of weeks ago on a whim. I was like, oh my gosh, Heather, we have to do this. I mean, it just really felt like, okay, let me back up and tell you. So <laughs> we were, we were, was it a prayer meeting yeah. that, that we were on? And, and Heather starts like, praying into something and talking about strange fire. And, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like God was talking to me about the exact same thing. And I knew I could just feel like there was something that we were both carrying that was super weighty. And, um, and so we had talked about it um, a couple of days after that, or maybe the next day after that. And, um, and I was like, Oh man, we've got to do this. We need to connect and, and be able to talk through this because I think that it's a really an important thing that, that God is conveying right now to, for our own benefit. It's a hard word. It's a strong word but it's for our benefit. And so I want you to keep that on the forefront of your mind as we move throughout this conversation, that it is for our good. Repeat it. This is for my good. This is knowledge that is actually going to benefit me if I cooperate, right? Like there is a cooperation that needs to take place. And, and this is not, this is honestly, it, it, it's, for me, it comes across more as a warning than just merely a, a, a prophetic word that, that is going to stroke our, our ego a little bit and, and encourage us and, and get us moving. It is um, There's an intensity to it. And um, so before we go any further, I just want to say hello to all of you that are on here, Kevin, Vince, Diane, Lisa, and John who I can always count on to flirt with me. It is incredible. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for, for joining us. And do us a favor and share this broadcast on your own page because I really do feel like, like this is an urgent matter. This is something that God is really being blatant about and we have got to move. We need to transition out of old wineskins, out of the comfortability of yesterday and into what he's calling us into today because he's looking to pour out a greater glory. That's the wine, right? He's looking to pour that out, but we have got to get ourselves out of the old wineskins. And I want to read something to you that um, that Brian Simmons posted this morning. He said this, there's a new generation arising with a passion for the absolute glory deluge of the Holy Spirit. They will not miss their destiny. They sense the urgency of the hour. They know the hour is late and the night is coming. There is a hunger and a craving in their heart for so much more than anyone has yet seen of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do not stand in their way. Join them. Mm. And so there, there's an intensity even, even on that. And if you're paying attention, this intensity is being translated everywhere you mm. look. Mm. 
Actually, there's an intensity in the atmosphere right now. It has a frantic feel to it. And so it's not of God, but there is still an intensity that the enemy's camp is giving off also. And it's creating a, a havoc all around us. So choose your intensity. Mm-hmm. Right. You can either fall under the intensity of the hand of the Lord right now, or you can fall under the plans of the enemy, the schemes of the enemy, which are also intense. And they are driving us into feeling a little bit mad and like we just can't quite wrap our minds around things and and think like just go to the grocery store and you'll know what I'm talking about. There is just an intensity everywhere. And around here, there has been like countless wrecks where people are losing their lives. And so there is just an intensity that has been released in the atmosphere. Yes, it is. It's like a frenzy and um, it, it is everywhere. And at first I thought that, well, maybe, maybe it's just around us, but I don't think so. I, I think that the world has gone mad. And, um, and so we need a, a, a just a, a pure expression of Jesus to be released through the church, you guys. This is our responsibility of those who bear the name of Christ. So I, I want to just dive into this word that God had given me a, a few weeks ago, and it's straight out of um, Leviticus 10, and um, and we'll get to that, but it's strange fire in, in old wineskins. And, and first it was in a vision, and I saw the body of Christ at the altar making an offering in old tattered apparel in the same measure that they'd routinely done for years, sloppy delivery and operating on autopilot. I heard the Lord say with a bit of sorrow in his voice, my fire has already been released. What will burn bright and beautiful in new wineskins will wound in the old. As this vision continued, I saw people on fire, tormented mm. by the pain. I saw triage teams set up all over to attend to the burn victims, delicately removing debris and burnt flesh from the fresh, sensitive skin. The Lord said, I've been clear about the required shift. I've been generous with time. The harvest is ready and my church is not. He continued. The unwillingness to shift will cause a double focus in my remnant. I will divide their time between the harvest of the world and the home care of the church for a time. The judgment of the Lord has been released. It's the burning fire of the Holy Spirit. Some will be propelled forward for the great and mighty work of the Lord, and others will find themselves wounded by their old wineskins. And even though I've read this multiple times, I can still feel the intensity of the father on it. Mm-hmm. You guys, he's just not playing around because he's good. We, w- we want to dismiss these harder things for us to wrap our minds around because we think that it's not the goodness of God. This is the goodness of God. A good father would not let his children play in a street filled with traffic. He's offering warning to pull us from the dangers of what 
is happening all around us. And our unwillingness to shift into the new, to take him at his word, to fall on the rock before the rock falls on us Mm. is goodness. Mm. Before we jump into reading Leviticus 10, Heather, what, what would you have to add to that? I think that's it's just such a heavy word, Angie, and I just feel the weight of God all over it. But what stands out to me more than anything is, do we want to be a people in pain? Mm. You know, we have a choice here. And God has given us that choice and he's given us the time span. But we can still choose pain. And for me, that's just why would we choose pain? over moving on with God and that tells me that that those who do choose pain or you know are so stuck in their ways that actually moving on is not an option in term they that they think it's not an option because that is where they're at Mm -hmm. and they don't see the ability to move forwards or maybe they don't think they need to move forwards in any way right But for me, you know, just as you were talking, the pain of it, I was feeling the pain of it, the searing of it, you know. Yeah, we know that God, God, God is a God of love. God is a God who who desires and, and loves us more than anything. But but he wants us to move on his way. He wants us to worship him his way. Yeah. You know, he is a holy God. And where we have become stagnant and static, he's now saying, no, you know, no more. This, your word says, you know, my glory has been released. Yeah. <laughs> it is there amongst you. It is there for your taking mm-hmm. in terms of to partner with. But our eyes have been so veiled by deception mm-hmm. that we don't need to partner with it by deception that actually we're above it, deception that we can do things however we like, that actually we're choosing the path of pain without realising. Wow. Oh, wow. Lord. Lord. And, and we see Israel choosing this. Yes. Over yeah. and over and over again throughout the yeah. Old Testament. It, that, that they they choose the painful path mm. rather than God over and over. And mm. they want to go back to Egypt. Mm. And, and we see this play out way beyond the wilderness. Yeah. Way beyond the wilderness. They are still pining for what Egypt held for them. Yes. And and I think that that we've become a people that have so misunderstood who God is yes. that we've fallen for Egypt yeah. because we think that that's where provision comes from mm-hmm. is in, in the space of, and really, I mean, Egypt is a, a place of other gods. Yeah. It's a place of other gods. And, and I realized that there, there, there's the whole Goshen thing where they were able to, to practice their own, um, intimacy with the Lord, but it's still a land of other gods. And it was only a holding space yeah. for them. It wasn't their destiny. It wasn't the promise. Mm. 
And, and so for them to continue to want to return, mm. just it, it's such, if we're honest, it, it, it's an evaluation of where we're at. Yes. It's where we are, we're pining for, for Egypt because we can understand pain better than we can understand God. That's so true. That's so true. And we're more comfortable with being foreigners mm-hmm. and aliens than we are with being those who are close to God, children of God. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Jesus. Ah. Mm. Ah, Father, right now, we just come before you. And we sever every tie to Egypt. We turn our backs on mm. Egypt. We don't belong there. Pain is not our path. Some of you need to profess that. Pain yeah. is not my path. Mm. Mm. Jesus, I just thank you that you have called us by our true name, sons and daughters of glory. Yes. We are destined for glory. Yes. And so we forsake the path to pain right now. Yes. We shut the door on that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. And Lord, I just want to continue. Father, I just want to continue and speak uh, a cutting off of every body memory to pain. Lord, not just individuals, but Father, in your body. A cutting off from body memory to pain. Yeah. Lord, that we could be released to knowing, seeing, understanding and feeling that there is a different way. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Turn with us to Leviticus chapter 10. And we're just going to read through this. And Nadab and Abihu, if that's how you say that, the sons of Aaron each took his censer and put fire in them and laid incense on it. And they presented strange fire before Jehovah, which he had not commanded them. That's something that we really need to like hold that in one hand while we read the rest of this, because they were offering up something that God did not ask for. And fire came out from before Jehovah and consumed them. And they died before Jehovah. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what Jehovah spoke, saying, and those who come near to me, I will be sanctified. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron was silent. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, (laughs) uncle of Aaron, and said to them, come near Carry your brothers from before the sanctuary to the outside of the camp. So they came near and carried them in their tunics to the outside of the camp, just as Moses had said. Then Moses said to Aaron and to his sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, do not dishevel 
the hair of your heads and do not tear your garments that you may not die and that he may not be angry with all the assembly. But let your brothers, the whole house of Israel, weep for the burning which Jehovah has kindled. And you shall not go out from the entrance of the tent of meeting lest you die. For the anointing oil of Jehovah is upon you. Hmm. They did according to the word of Moses. Then Jehovah spoke to Aaron saying, Drink no wine or strong drink, neither you nor your sons with you, when you come into the tent of meeting, that you may not die. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations, both to make a distinction between the holy and the common, and between the unclean and the clean, and to teach the children of Israel all the statutes which Jehovah has spoken to them through Moses. Mm. What are they guilty of? What caused these two men to die, to fall dead before the Lord? Strange fire. They were offering up something that God did not ask for. It was strange fire. And they were, I don't know that it's so much that they were incapable, but they were unwilling to distinguish between the common and the holy. And this is what this word is all about. When he's saying that he needs us to move out of old wineskins into the new, it's because in these old wineskins, there's a stagnancy. Yes. There's a stagnancy where we are not taking God seriously. We are being frivolous in our relationship with him. In a state where we, we cannot determine holiness from the common. Yes. And I think that so much of that is because we have been riding on the coattails of gifting and have not pursued anointing. Yes. Jump in, Heather. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was their carelessness and their irreverence, you know, that became their downfall. And and yes, we have relied so much on gifting. We continue at the moment to rely on gifting. And we also rely on the fact that grace covers all, you know, the <laughs> grace covers us, yes, but doesn't excuse us. <laughs> we, it's the, it's the need to recognize the holy fear of God. Yeah. In everything we do. And there were many things that, that struck me about the scripture. You know, the fire wasn't, it, it was, it was called unauthorized, you know, mm-hmm. unsanctified fire. It wasn't evil. It wasn't deliberately <gasps> You know, it was strange. God looks at our heart position clearly when we worship him. Yeah. You know, it wasn't what God wanted. And as I've thought about this, I've I've struggled with this because we live in a culture that celebrates individuality so much and being allowed to be me and do things our way and, you know, worship this way or that way. But it's actually the heart position behind the worship. You know, are we doing this fully for God or are we doing this for us in some way? Yeah, there's, you know, this this priestly sin wasn't because of ignorance. You know, they couldn't claim ignorance. God had specified how he wanted to be worshipped in that way. And, you know, so we haven't to have a fear of, of of doing things wrong if we're ignorant of them. But when we know better it becomes a presumption and an entitlement. 
and actually a rebellion. You yeah. know, it seems trivial, but it's a it's a rebellion, isn't mm. it? Come to do things our way. And again, you may look upon it and think, oh, that's such harsh punishment. <laughs> you know, for doing something as simple as that. And, you know, it's easy when we see things to have resentment and even anger against God for that kind of treatment. But and you think God's unfair, but it's the whole making a point. God is holy. You know, he wants his people to be holy as he is holy. And he sets out for us how we need to do that. There are so many evidences in scripture of, of people doing things slightly wrong, like Moses, for example, you know, striking the rock again instead of speaking to the rock. And you just think, oh, seriously? I mean, you know, it's such a small thing. But to God, it mattered. Mm -hmm. And although God continued to use Moses' gifting, he never, you know, he never entered the promised land. Right. So there, there is consequence. So our gifting and our cause are irrevocable. We continue to walk in and we can't. So we can't look at people that seem to be so gifted and think, oh, they've got everything right. They may have. I'm not saying, you know, but it's that sense of we need to look beyond that. Yeah. Actually, at the anointing that they carry. Mm -hmm. Because that's what God's in. <laughs> that's, you know. Right. That's the mark of God on their life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that this is this is a really huge thing that God is going to begin to give us more and more knowledge and understanding on is the difference between gifting and anointing. Yeah. Um, I, I think for the Western church, mostly, you know, we've we've had the privilege mm -hmm. to function out of gifting alone. Yes. And and I say privilege, not based on, on, you know, privilege by God's standards, but privilege because we have not been under any sort of attack. Mm -hmm. We think we are so mishandled and mistreated, but we don't have a we don't have the first clue mm -hmm. as to what what it actually means mm -hmm. to to have our faith tested. We don't. We, we have lived cush Christian lives. And, and so by that regard, we have had the privilege of being able to get away with functioning out of gifting alone. And um, uh, earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, God had just shown me this, this picture of um, gifting coming out from our bellies, creating a subfloor for all people to stand upon. Gifting is beautiful. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay that because it's also of God. However, mm -hmm. Because the gifts are given without repentance or that they are irrevocable, mm -hmm. they can be used in any manner. However, yes. they still create the same functionality in mm -hmm. a corporate space or even for yourself if you're using your gifting to serve yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and on this subfloor, there was, um, I could see that it was a it was a breeding ground, if you will, that mm. it was a very fertile space. And mm. so when we're using our gifting mindlessly or for common practice rather than holiness, yes. then anything can grow. And and it was like um culture grows yes. in the subfloor of gifting. Yes. culture grows and we can look at this two different ways that there mm -hmm. there is culture like in the petri dishes right mm -hmm. and we can 
the stuff grow, but we can also grow a culture that surrounds us. You know, what we're known for, the culture of this place is like. And, um, and so it's very, very um, important that we really start peppering God with questions over gifting versus anointing, because we want to get this right. I don't want just anything growing because of my gifting. But when I am unwilling to go before the Lamb of God to purchase anointing without money, come by, come eat. We come before him and he fills us with anointing. Yes. I want my gifting to be mingled with the yes. substance of anointing so appropriate holiness is known yes. everywhere that I am. Not to make much of Angie, but to make much of the King of Kings. Amen. Yeah. Gifting needs to flow out of the anointing, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it can't be gifting that flows just out of gifting. It has to flow out of the anointing. The anointing flows out of the heart of God. You know, yeah. it's... <laughs> It's what we truly believe in our attitude towards him. And and we know that God seeks people who come to him in humility, ready to sacrifice pride, ready to lay before him, you know, with humble and contrite hearts, Mm -hmm. grieving for sin, you know. And yes, there's grace and there's forgiveness and there's second chances. And of course there is. But actually it's it's that heart position of being on our face, (laughs) really. Right before him to seek his face to to say lord i need your touch i need your touch i need your touch rather than just to flow from what is you know what has already been put within lord that's not enough that is not enough and it was just as you were talking about culture i was thinking a lot about prophetic culture mm. you know it's a, a phrase we band around all the time and really there is a flaw that has been built you know, of prophetic culture that isn't all what it should be. Yeah. And, you know, and people have done it with, with right hearts and, with, you know, with, with best intentions, let's put it mm-hmm. that way. But actually some of the, some of the foundational things are now lacking. Yeah. So some of the, well, the intimacy with God is lacking in some places. Right. And that's what we need to get back to. So this prophetic culture that's been established, there's lots of good in it, but mm-hmm. it's nothing if it is drawn apart from its source, which is God. Right. And that's, you know, that that is moving forward <laughs> in new wineskins. It's, it's reattaching, it's reconnecting to the source. Right. Which is God. And right. in his holiness and in his fullness, because we are so tempted and we have done it for so, so long as a church to um, to recognize God in a partial way. You know, to, to recognize, you know, just Jesus or, or just God or just the Father or, you know, sometimes just Holy Spirit, but rarely, usually without Holy Spirit. Right. But it's that connecting with the fullness of who God is and spending time in that that brings the anointing. Right. And, and Diane, you're right. The anointing is, yeah. it, it will, it will cost us everything to pursue the anointing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that, you know, we need to really be asking God to, to open our eyes to the narrow road. We have to know what that looks like for us. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's going to look different person to person because God knows me. Yeah. God knows me and he knows the discipline required 
for me to be on a narrow road to pursue anointing. But I do, I want to go back and, and I'm not trying to be labor the point of, of not functioning out of gifting alone, but what I want us to understand, and I'm going to use worship as a, um, as an illustration, because that's something that's familiar to all of us. And I think that we can all recognize that we've got a little astray in the area of worship. And so when gifting is used alone, Mm. bonds aren't broken, but stages are formed. Can we understand that concept? When when, when you're functioning out of gifting alone, bonds remain and stages are built. And then we become about a performance culture and we all show up to sit under the entertainment of the gifting, Mm -hmm. allowing our bonds to grow even stronger. This is why we're in a space that we are in right now where we're having a hard time getting people shifted out of old wineskins because mm-hmm. the gifting is powerful. Yeah. But void of the anointing, bonds become more and more powerful. Mm-hmm. The, the anointing confronts bonds. Yeah. The anointing confronts wrong yokes. Yeah. Gifting doesn't have that level of power. It has power to grow, but it doesn't have that same power to confront and break. And we need that. You know, for a long time, you know, one of the most prominent words you could receive is, you have a breaker anointing over your life, right? (laughs) Who hasn't received that word? But I I think that, that it became a trendy prophetic word that was just tossed around like candy in a parade. And the the truth is, is we need a breaker anointing to fall on us now to confront these old wineskins that we are so stuck in. And before you think that I am dismissing myself in this conversation, I'm not because on the backside of God delivering this word, I'm Mm -hmm. having to look at my own self going like, ah, How do I get out of this? Like I could feel you guys sincerely. I could feel my flesh experiencing the, the, the old wine skins being melted into my own skin because I know his fire has already been released. And I know there's a part of me that, that is, is still pining for what's comfortable. When we're talking about Egypt, we're not talking about blatant things. We're not talking about things where you are, you're pursuing like the, the most grotesque sin out there. We're talking about the common things, the things that I pine for because they're comfortable. I want comfort in my flesh and God wants to bring me into a space where I'm free falling, where it it takes faith to remain here. And that's Mm -hmm. what I, if we had to name these new wineskins, I think we could name them faith. Yeah. Because I think that that's what it is that he's bringing us into, because it's going to take faith for yeah. us to stand in this next season where his glory is going to be poured out in a way that none of us have ever stood under. Mm-hmm. And, and before we get into the wishy-washy, that's old covenant talk, this thing that happened with the strange fire, it happened in the New Testament. Yes. It happened in the New Testament. If we mm-hmm. refuse to sit under that story, 
where Ananias and Sapphira lost their lives for lying to the Holy Spirit because mm. they held mm. from the Holy Spirit something that was theirs to withhold. Mm. They lost their lives. And we can look at that and go like, man, God, that was that was severe. Mm. Or, you know, they, mm. they just withheld some mm. of the gift. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And that's what we're talking about. Whether it be withholding, whether it be operating just in our gifting, whether it be tainted motives, heart motives, whether it be self-righteousness, mm. It's a fearful thing and we may not see, it, it may not be as evident as with Ananias and Sapphira, <laughs> but there are consequences. But this isn't, this is, this is warning, there are consequences. We'll miss God's best. Yeah. To me, that's a huge consequence. I don't want to be looking on. I want to be in the middle of it. Yeah. I want to be a glory carrier. Do you want to be a glory carrier? Yes. Because that's a new wineskin. Mm -hmm. But if we're people that are looking on old wineskins, not only will we be hurting and in pain, but we will feel like we've missed it. Yeah. And to me, that that's that's pain. Yeah, for sure. And I think that we need to to even touch on um, why did Jesus bring up wineskins in the first place? Mm. Why why was that something that, that he brought up? It was on the backside of a conversation with the Pharisees and and, you know, they're wanting to have a conversation about fasting. Mm. And, um, and and Jesus is like, you know, you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. Mm. And we need to understand that that that. Pharisee meant to be separated. And the question is separated unto what? Yeah. Separated unto what? Yeah. So if these old wineskins are separated, separated unto what? Yes. And I think if we're honest, we have to, we have to say that it's unto common practice. Mm. It's unto common practice. Mm. And we don't want that. Mm. I, you guys, I don't want to... I feel the fear of the Lord on, on this day and it's terrifying. It's also compelling. Yeah. I don't want to miss it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss it. And I also don't want to mishandle it. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be a people right now that are struck by holiness and what it means to stand before a holy God and have his gaze examine us. Mm. And it should be terrifying. And we should be okay with that. Yes. We need to be okay with that. Mm. If your standard allows you to believe that there is no, there's no more purifying to be done in your life, you have just missed it. Yes. You have just missed it. Yes. The the fear of the Lord is coming anyway. Hmm. The 
whole point of this conversation is please allow someone to rip you out of the old wineskins. Yeah. Please do not stand stubbornly there because you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. This is where the, this is where the faith comes in. I just want to remind you that in Romans 4 um it says that Abraham called things that weren't as though they were. He was called the father of many nations mm-hmm. and he is known as the father of faith because he believed God at his word. What is God saying to you right now? Mm-hmm. Have you put it on? Has it become the truth that you're standing on? Is it the thing that you believe most about God right now? That he has offered you that word of truth and you're pulling it out of the unseen realm and Mm. you're wearing it. Mm. Abraham did. Yeah, that's so good. And just as you're talking, Angela, just just thinking about David, you know, when when King David, when he uh, lost his first child with Bathsheba, obviously, you know, born out of sin, but he fell on his face. And he worshipped with all that he was. He was not, you know, it was done. (laughs) It was done. He was moving on. He was worshipping God and he was saying, Lord, this has gone wrong. But now, Lord, let's let let us go right together. (laughs) Yeah. And it was it was simple faith. Yeah. Lord, you are who you say you are. I'm getting on my knees before you, on my face before you. Because I know that I've gone wrong and I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, um, God said to me recently that that we believe that pure and spotless is an invitation and it's a decree. Mm. Wow. He will have a pure and spotless bride. Amen. And when the king sends out a decree, there is nothing that can come against it. He will have his pure and spotless bride. And we need to become more familiar and more comfortable with the fear of the Lord because it's not going anywhere. And I was telling Heather about um, a a gathering that we had on Wednesday night. We, We had a worship night. And there was there were several teenagers that that were in the room, which is not a common occurrence. And um, and I was very aware of the discomfort of one of them. And um, she was hanging in there, though. And um, and in the midst of that, God reminded me of my first encounter with the fear of the Lord. And I didn't even know that that's what it was until Wednesday night. I was 15 years old had come out of a a Catholic background and into a charismatic church. And we were just visiting. And and this this church practiced everything you can imagine (laughs) that would freak a 15-year-old out. Um, There were people running around the room during worship, There were hands raised in the air. There were shouts being released. All of these things would have been highly uncommon to a little Catholic girl. And then once the worship was done, there was just a hush in the room. And then a man, a large man stood up 
with a loud, boisterous voice and began to speak in tongues. No grid, you guys, no grid for this whatsoever. And I'm sitting there going like, what in the world is happening? I mean, the worship alone caused me to tremble. But now this was going on. He sat back down. A few moments later, a woman on the other side of the room stands up and begins to speak in English. And I really have no idea what's going on. And and in this moment, I am I am like drawn into what's going on. Like there's something in me that is is so taken with what is happening. And then there's another part of me that is absolutely terrified. Mm. Like, how do I get out of here? Kind of thing. I just, I I wanted to hide from what was going on. And at the same time, I loved it. Mm. And, and it was something that my mind could not possibly comprehend. And so why was God drawing my attention to that Friday night? Because he wanted me to know that what these teenagers in the room were experiencing was the fear of the Lord, that they were feeling very drawn and they were also feeling like they wanted to run and hide. That's, that's what the fear of the Lord does. Yes. It causes you to, to, to like, there's one pop, one posture, <laughs> one posture mm-hmm. when the fear of the Lord is, is heavy like that. And it is to go as low as you possibly can yeah. in reverence yes. to his holiness, yes. to his grandeur, yes. to his majesty. Yes. And so this girl's mom told me later that, um, the conversation that they had on the way home. And, and she just simply said, Jesus is terrifying. <laughs> and, and, and they talked about that for a little bit and, and kind of got to the bottom of it. And, um, and then, and then she said to her mom, she goes, is this what church is really like? Is this what the real church is? Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And can we just let it be known that that is what the real church is like, where the fear of the Lord is present and everything in you is trembling. Everything in you is put on notice. King of glory has entered. There is another response to the fear of the Lord. You can give way to reverence or you can give way to your fear. And in fear, you're going to start forming doctrine that will insulate you from a relationship with who God is in fullness. The fear of the Lord is powerful. It is powerful. And if you give way to the fear that's trying to grip you rather than the reverence that you're called to, you will want to start forming doctrine around the danger of the charismatic church or the danger of, of whatever, what, what, whatever it is. And, and we don't want to do that. We, we need the power of God in this day to be able to accomplish what it is that he has called us to accomplish. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. 
God isn't looking for a large collection of people to gather together. He doesn't care. Turns out he doesn't care. Mm. He's looking for people to gather together who care about mm. stewarding his presence right. appropriately, mm. who will not yield to common practice, but will engage in holiness. Mm. Wow. Wow. That is so right. And for a, for a teenager, you know, to recognize that, that that is what church is, that's what church should be. That's just such, it's a challenge for all of us because, you know, as we as we do church together, whether it be in a, a two or more gathered or it be in a, a large gathering, do we find the presence of Jesus that attracts and terrifies simultaneously? Huh. Is that what we find or do we find the social gospel? Do we find one side or the other? That's a real challenge. You know, we are called to be a royal priesthood. Going, you know, going back to Aaron, it, you know, this message is for us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we are priests of the living God. Yeah. We are called to usher in his presence and to steward his presence that both attracts and terrifies. Yeah. Cool. And we, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, you know, we're in, in such a dangerous place right now because the next generation is after that. And yeah. the only place that they're finding that is in witchcraft. Yes. They're not yeah. finding it in the church and it's ours. It's ours. This mm -hmm. is a generation who will actually flourish under the fear of the Lord. Look at mm -hmm. them. They're, 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 they're practicing witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. They would be taken with the fear of the Lord because they are a generation made to tremble. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And, you know, it's so Wednesday night before we even gathered, God had just said, I want to have a groundbreaking ceremony tonight. Mm. And I'm like, sure, we'll do that. <laughs> what does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, you know, you lean into things that, that you think will do the trick. And um, and man, there was nothing. There yeah. was nothing in, in our common practice, so to speak, that was going to touch what it was that, that he wanted to do. And, and the, the thing that, that brought that, that um, the essence of the fear of the Lord into the room was holding hands and asking for an impartation for corporate prayer. And we began as a group, and this is not something that, that our, our group practices very well together, but we did this night. Mm -hmm. God just asked that we start to, to pray in the spirit 
And I kid you not, it was like people were waiting for that invitation. There was, for me, it felt like a roar that just Mm -hmm. went up. And and I haven't really interviewed anybody else on the matter because that was my experience. (laughs) (laughs) There was just this roar of tongues that, that went up in that moment and and then it died off and then god was like go again and so we did we went again and there was no hesitancy in the room whatsoever and um and god in the middle of that second round he goes and now you grant mm. for a, an impartation for corporate prayer wow and that's how simple <laughs> simple faith is isn't it yeah it's not a ticking the box oh we need to do this we need to have prayed this we need to it's coming together and seeking God simply listening to his voice and acting on it yeah wow hmm. wow Whew. And, and, and I think that, you know, we have to ask the question on the backside of this conversation is who's willing to be raised up by the fear of the Lord? If there is a generation on our heels that we're made to tremble, who's going to govern the fight? Yeah. Who's going to stand up? and put holiness on display. I've been going on and on and on about Hebrews 12. I think it's verse 14 where it says, if we do not put holiness on display, they cannot see Jesus. Mm. It is up to us Mm. to put holiness on display. And we do so by entering in to the presence of God as often as we have the time to, as often as we have the heart to. Yes. We have to, you guys, we have to go before the Lamb of God because it is, it is only there that we can receive His holiness. Yes. We're not talking about any other kind of holiness here. We're, we're talking about the holiness that comes from the Lamb of God by looking on Him. Mm-hmm. We need to be in a season of trembling before the Father right now. It's what we need to work out all of these lesser things in us. And like you said, Heather, at the beginning, it's like we're not talking about things that were overtly evil or that could even necessarily be labeled sin. Like we are on such a narrow road right now that discipline looks like forsaking everything else. Yes. All other pleasures, that all of my pleasure comes from him. Yes. Yeah. Our holiness of the last however long, the church's holiness has been seen as being holy in, you know, the outward act of doing whatever it is within the church, hasn't it? And this is the shift that has to happen. Yeah. Because that is not true holiness. Yeah. That is an outward act. That is a pharisaical holiness. Yeah. Yes. And again, it's not over evil. It's it's doing it man's way. Yes. 
So we have to shift into doing it God's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's either the fear of man or it's the fear of the Lord. Yeah. There really is no, there's no middle ground here. Yeah. And, and this, this is the, this is something that I've had to wrestle with yeah. because I'm scared of myself right now. Can I just be honest about that? Like there are, there are things going on that I, I am like, God, I am fearful <laughs> and, and, um, and, and not very well liked right now. And, and I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. Yeah. But what we need to understand is why are we having that reaction to one another? Yeah. Why are we having that level of reaction to the fire of God? Mm-hmm. To where we want to reject each other because of what we're carrying into the room. Yes. And, and we should be a people that are carrying fire into the room. You know, mm-hmm. gone are the days. Can I just say this. I, we need to rip this thing apart. Gone are the days of what comes into the room because you do, because of your gifting. No, that's not enough anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not. And here's the thing. Like if, if grace and gifting were going to transform things, it had have happened by now. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's yeah. not, there's no fruit. There's no fruit because only the anointing can bring the fruit that God is after. Will you be someone who offers him something that will satisfy him? Will you be a drink offering for the Lord? Mm-hmm. Do you know that, that that God, that the way that he established the drink offering is just so fascinating to me because it was one of the only offerings that the priest could not partake in mm-hmm. because it's unto him and him mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. It could only be poured out for him. That'll preach. Well, are you a drink offering that only the Lord gets to receive? Or are you pouring yourself out in various directions? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And in church speak, it's are we more concerned about getting the jobs done? Or pursuing the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Let's hmm. just take some time to pray. Hmm. Will you guys just pray with us? Let's just contend together. Jesus, we see you. And we want to be party to lifting you up. Hmm. We want to be those who can appropriately lift you high to put you on display for the nations in your fullness God not just the parts that we are fond of but in fullness the parts of you that make us tremble Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah, Lord, would you show us where we agree with common ways? Lord, show each of us as individuals, Father, where our mindsets have been deceived, Lord, yeah. where we operate in deception. Who? Father, show us where our fire is unauthorized or strange before you. Jesus. Mm. Lord, we hear your call. <laughs> we hear your call to come higher. We hear your call to be purified and cleansed from this unrighteousness. We hear your call to consider our ways, Lord. <laughs> Ah, Jesus. And Lord, again, today I just lay myself on the altar. Jesus. Father, uh, I want to be, I can only pray for me, I want to be that drink offering before you. Yes. Whoa. Here, Tata. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Jesus, we want to be a drink offering for you and you alone. Not spilling out in multiple directions, but only for you. Yeah. That you can pick us up and tip us back. Yeah. That we would be something fit for a king. Yes. Jesus. And so if if that is something that, that you are longing for and you feel yourself wanting to agree to, just tell him, make me a drink offering. Yes, Make me a drink offering. Thank you, Jesus. You're agreeing to put holiness on display. You're agreeing to meet with the lamb as often as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, we lift you high. Yes. What a privilege. What a privilege. Yes, Lord. To lift you high. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Jesus. And Lord, we agree to deal with all the um all the impurities. Lord, in that drink offering, we agree to deal with any um, clogging and, and anything like that, Lord. We agree. Father, we want to be people who can be poured out well. Yeah. Oh, 
For your glory, Lord, for your glory, for your honour. Yeah. Lord, so that we can be partners and vessels, Lord, for you and your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. And Lord, as you do it in us, Lord, we long to see your kingdom come. Yes. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. Your will be done. Mm. Cool. Ah, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Mm. All right, now, guys, just stretch your hands towards Heather. We're just going to bless her as she gets ready at to to head off to Africa. Father, we just bless Heather. We bless her as someone who is a keeper of the flame of God. As someone who knows how to rightly stoke a fire. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I just pray that you would begin to just burn ever bright in her. Yes. Brighter than, than she's ever experienced, God. Yes. That you would just begin to breathe more and more life on her. Yes. God, that she would be, she would be peace to the people that you're sending her to. Mm. And that she would also be an instigator. Oh, Jesus. I just thank you for her life, God. I thank you for her life. She's so willing to be one who pours out. And we thank you right now for the testimony that is returning with her. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Of lives changed, of hearts renewed, mm -hmm. and mostly of how high you were lifted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for being on. Oh, I thank hope you. that this, this conversation has been a blessing to, to you and that you've felt the pull out of old wineskins and that, that we've done a good job at, at given, giving plenty of reasons to, to move into the new. Mm -hmm. that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness above all else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love you guys, mm -hmm. and I bless your weekend. We'll mm -hmm. talk soon. <laughs>